Wedgwood Christian Services is a place where hope and healing meet. Join me, Hillary Kirkendall, Wedgwood's Marketing and Communications Coordinator, as I sit down for conversations with the amazing people who work at, learn from, and grow through our grace-filled residential care, counseling services, and community programs. Grab your cup of coffee or tea and enjoy experts sharing their insights on the challenges people are facing and stories of hope, healing, and transformation. These are Wedgwood's Coffee Break Conversations. We are back with another great Wedgwood Coffee Break Conversation. Today I've got a great conversation with another wonderful member of the Wedgwood team, Jason LaRue. We chat about Wedgwood's residential programs, our creative, individualized approach to care, and how we have an opportunity to focus on others. Hello and welcome back to Wedgwood's Coffee Break Conversations. We have another great one for you today. I'm excited to chat with another wonderful Wedgwood team member, Jason LaRue. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you for having me. I'll let you introduce yourself to the people, share who you are, how long you've been with Wedgwood, and what you do around here. Sure. Uh, my name is Jason LaRue. I've been at Wedgwood for just a little over 11 years. Um, I'm currently the Associate Director of Residential Programs, so I help oversee residential operations and uh, the youth that are in care with us. I've done a bunch of different programs at, at Wedgwood and kind of try to fill in wherever I, my strengths are needed. Uh, so you're, like you said, you're working in, within the Residential Treatment Program. Uh, can you talk a little bit about the kids in our care, kind of generally who they are, why they come to us, what systems they're involved in, and what challenges they're dealing with? Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. So first off, we work with youth, and I, I think a lot of services and a lot of attention and funding goes towards the adults that you know have needs, and and the youth generally have less of a voice. You know, it's a lot easier to sort of put them under the rug or sort of put them aside and then not think about them. So I think it's a very important mission that we have with Wedgwood serving those youth. Um, their children, you know, typically, you know, are uh, age 11 to 12 to 17. We have a few youth here that stay until they turn 18, but it's predominantly those kids. Um, most of the kids have had some form of involvement in the system before. This is typically not their first stop. Either they've been involved with CPS or DHS, they don't have families or they don't have homes or they were in foster care in the community for some reason and um, it didn't work out and so then they come to us. Sometimes because they have significant mental health or behavioral needs that we're here to help stabilize, to help uh, teach them new skills, to help them work through their past trauma. But often we have youth that they're here because this is the closest thing to a home they have and there's nowhere else for them to be, quite frankly. Mm. I think I just read the other day that on average, the kids who come to Wedgwood have been through seven other foster placements already mm-hmm. before they come to us. So Yeah, that would definitely read. Um, all of our children have experienced trauma in some way. Um, and there are sometimes folks might not uh, understand that or see that on the service because a good chunk of our kids are very well adapted. Mm-hmm. But the simple fact that they are not living at home in a community with family, you know, whether that's natural, adoptive, or, or you know, whatnot, uh, that's a traumatic event, you know, mm-hmm. being removed from the community placement. This is not um, the ideal placement, but for a lot of the kids, again, it's it's the best placement for them at this time. And we do see an awful lot of growth and a lot of successes. And a lot of our kids are really grateful to be here. Some of them aren't. But, right. Well, um, they are also teenagers. So. That's true. Yes. And that is uh, the most difficult diagnosis of youth <laughs> is uh, being diagnosed as a full teenager. So. Yes. <laughs> Once they come to Wedgwood and they're placed in our care, what happens? What are 
typically their goals and what is the team working with them on? Sure. Again, we're not we're not juvenile detention and mm-hmm. we're not a lock away, throw away the key and don't forget about it program. Our goal from admission is always to try to engage the clients with the community as much as possible mm-hmm. to either like create, build, maintain, strengthen what family connections they have is the most uh, influential um, thing in a child's life is a trusted adult mm-hmm. that you know is that is invested in them that cares about them. So we look at permanency and transition from the minute they walk through the door. Mm-hmm. So again, that means uh, life skills training, coping skills training, independent living skills training. We have kids here that take driver's ed while they're with us, or they've taken college classes online because they've been here. We try to keep kids enrolled in the best placement for school the whole time they're through here to still receive their education. Some of our kids even are able to go to school in the community. We'll take them out to to the movies, but we'll also take them to the store with a budget and they just need to learn how to pick items out, figure out how much they want and, you know, and pay for it. So we really try to look at the whole child and try to make sure that no matter what, they're they're better um, off when they leave because they've been here and because we've sort of taken them where they met them, where they're at, incorporated their voice and then sort of built on those skills. Mm -hmm. So it's pretty exciting to see that growth happen. Mm -hmm. And it's not a cookie cutter approach. Like what you do for one kid is not necessarily going to be what you do for any of the other kids. No, that absolutely will not work. And that's something that for folks both in residential treatment, mental health system at large, all the way up to, um, you know, the lawmakers need to understand that you can look at statistics, at data, you can look at um, a, a client's case history on a piece of paper, but that doesn't mean, oh, this is exactly what's going to work. Like the future of mental health treatment, both the kind of work we do and in the community is individualized treatment where you look at each client's strengths, each client's needs, and then you incorporate their voice and you work together to create a plan that's gonna help them reach their goals. That will work a thousand percent better than coming in and say, I understand you're having a hard time. Here's my plan for how I'm gonna help make you better. That's Mm -hmm. just not going to work. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and when every person is created uniquely, what, why would a cookie-cutter approach work? And so since we have that perspective of everyone's created uniquely in God's image, we can get creative and figure out how to help kids best. Sure. Yeah. So a large portion of your role seems to be providing some support for the direct care teams. Mm-hmm. Um, what is your favorite piece of advice or encouragement that you share with staff? Mm-hmm. Um, the kids are people first. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they're, they're not pets, they're not robots, they're, they're people first. And um, for as many times as the youth in our care um, might make mistakes or frustrate us or have things they need to work on, I frustrate the people around me, I make mistakes and I have things to work on. And that's my favorite thing really about working at Wedgwood is that, that grace component, is that understanding that, you know, we're all the same in the, in, the, in the eyes of God and we all have that value, but we all also have our own personalized struggles. So I think that's my favorite thing um, to remember is like, they're, they're kids, you know, mm-hmm. they still like, you know, music and movies and Iron Man and, and girls and shoes and whatever kind mm-hmm. of things they're into. Um, they just happen to be in a, in, a, uh, in a moment in their life where they need extra support. It's not because they're broken or they did something wrong mm-hmm. or because they're anything different than, you know, than the rest of us. You know, we all need help and supports like the supports you and I have and our struggles are just unique to us. We need our individualized treatment plans Mm -hmm. as well, Mm -hmm. um, you know, and hope that our voices are heard um, as we meet our own needs. Mm -hmm. That's a great reminder. Is there something that God has made clear to you through your work here? Mm. Um, That 
the modern world that we live in is not built for the things that God has designed uh, mm-hmm. to be priorities for us. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I love my phone and, and social media and podcasts and, and um, technology and all that kind of stuff as much as the next guy. But the culture that we live in, the society that we live in, focuses so much on individual achievement and earning more money and getting your face out there and being known and I think social media can both bring us together as well as pull us apart. And so the, the, it's getting so much harder to find people that just are passionate for this work, that want to do this work. And so the people that we do have here mean all the much more. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's never been clear. Um, pandemic, you know, pre-pandemic, post-pandemic, but definitely now just it's never been clearer than ever that what we really need to focus on as a society, as a culture, is taking care of our planet mm-hmm. and then taking care of the children that are going to be inheriting that planet and making plans for the future and continuing this world on. What we mm-hmm. don't need to focus on is, hey, when's the next iPhone coming out? Mm-hmm. But that does, you know, that seems to be <laughs> more on our minds. Yeah. So I think my, my mom due for a 13, actually. <laughs> Yeah, a lot more uh, focusing on others, which yeah. at Wedgwood, yeah. that's what we're yeah. all about. I, you know, I, one of the things that I do is uh, Institute for Healing Racism and ongoing communication training, interpersonal skills training. And I always say, like, man, like, I don't even, if you're an atheist, the Bible is still a fantastic work to tell you how to treat people. Mm-hmm. And 99% of the time, no matter what's happening, is there's, there's a passage in the Word that just reminds you of, oh, yeah, I'm supposed to do this. You know, in, in you see things happen at work, and then you just have to look at, you know, like, again, like, I read the fruit of the Spirit, like, I mean, like, grace, you know, peace, you know, mm-hmm. self-control, those are really good, good ideas for us, you know, um, and uh, so I think we have the tools, mm-hmm. um, it's just a lot of noise, you know, there's mm-hmm. a lot of noise taking us away from that. Mm-hmm. So do you feel like at Wedgwood, it gives you an opportunity to kind of tune some of that noise out and focus on what you think is important? Yeah, I think there's a real risk um, in designing, you know, um, intentionally designed faith-based like agencies or, or groups like you can get closed off like it is very easy to circle hey you guys all agree with me let's jump mm-hmm. in we do that on social media we do that with our, our news you know and stuff mm-hmm. like that but what i really appreciate about wedgewood is we have that baseline of understanding that we are in theory hey guys at the end of the day we can agree on this right we can mm-hmm. agree on, on this is what we're here for and what we're doing but we're not just, you know, like, you know, Doors Box City on the Hill, like mm-hmm. isolating ourselves. Like Wedgwood is very integrated in the community. We seek opportunities to respond to changing needs in the community. We're very inviting. Um, you know, there are agencies that are faith-based that I didn't think would don't think would be as good of a fit for me, you know, mm-hmm. because it, again, I'm I can be a little out there, but I feel very accepted here and I feel like I can find people that I relate to. And just like I said, like we all are coming from this from basically the same perspective. Mm -hmm. And I think that's another really important reminder is we have things that take us away from mission. We have things that create conflict with each other. We have doubts, we have worries, we have barriers, we have, you know, investigations, bad days, crises. But like, um, if we keep our eyes on the Lord and then we keep on our minds, like this is what we're here for and put, you know, Wedgwood Christian services, Mm -hmm. like it's right on the door when you walk in. And to me, that's a real encouragement. Mm -hmm. Amen. Well said. You touched on this a little bit, but why do you love your job and working here at Wedgwood? Mm -hmm. Um, Again, I I don't think there's anything better I could do with my life than help kids. Mm -hmm. Like kids are, uh, they don't get to vote. They don't get to, um, you know, speak to, to, to mass audiences the way that like an adult with a webcam, you know, can, Um, they, they don't, 
uh, they don't, they're not heard as well. And I mean, somebody needs to advocate for them. So I mm-hmm. mean, a, a bad day at Wedgwood doing what I feel to be very important work, I think it's still a more rewarding day in like a, you know, big fast paced company where mm-hmm. I sold 10,000 expensive things and I got mm-hmm. a, a stock option or something like that. I mean, I think it just really does come down to the, the values. And so, yeah, I, I think there's nothing more important than helping children who need help and getting them to a place where they can hopefully help me when I'm 80 years old and, <laughs> and no longer mobile. Yeah. We're going to need them. Yeah. Um, and uh, I think we forget that sometimes because we're just caught up in all the, mm-hmm. you know, the noise, like we were saying earlier. Yeah. The health of our community really impacts depends. our own lives, too. The health of too. our community depends on how we take care of our children and the, the health of the community today dictates where we're going tomorrow. And it might not feel like it affects us right now, but like it will affect us. Mm-hmm. And I also kind of would still like my daughter to inherit a world that's sustainable, where these values still permeate, where people take care of each other, mm-hmm. again, more than they take care of their laptops. Mm-hmm. And so that that means we need more people that are investing in the right things. Mm-hmm. Doing the things that matter. Mm-hmm. What is one thing you want to make sure that our listeners and supporters know about Wedgwood, the work we do, and the kids and families that we serve? Um, you, it's it's not always the most visible work. Um, for someone on the outside, I think it's really easy to misinterpret or not understand what we're doing or how important it is or, or why we do it or why we do it the way that we do it. But I think the best way to answer those questions for yourself or to learn more is to just is to come in, to get mm-hmm. involved, to to get yourself connected to to this type of work in some way, shape or form, whether it's, you know, employment or, or donating or volunteering. And I'm really not trying to like market like I really do feel like I walk out of here and, and people just don't understand what Wedgwood is or what we do or how what we do impacts, mm-hmm. you know, the lives of children and families and I, I do wish people understood that more. And the best way to understand, you know, how to help others is to just try helping others. You know, mm-hmm. the best way to, to understand philanthropy is to be a philanthropist. The best way to understand, like, why would you donate all your time to volunteering or doing this or helping these people? I, I try to avoid, you know, that that part of our society. Like, jump into it. Like, there's, mm-hmm. there's really nice things to see in there. You just have to get into it and kind of get past your your reservations and, and definitely leave your misconceptions at the door because whatever um, you've seen on TV or in movies or, or the sensationalized news stories, like that's not the work. Mm-hmm. You know, the work is transformative for kids and, and we do see those small moments every day and, and it's making a difference. And if we weren't doing it, like who's who's going who's gonna to do it? Mm-hmm. And I don't want to see these kids get lost. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we are always open to tours and I've I mean, once you step foot on campus, it's hard to not see the impact of what's happening here. Mm -hmm. Well said. Thank you so much for being a part of this Wedgwood Coffee Break conversation, Jason. Your hard work and dedication to the kids in our care and to this organization are so appreciated. It was great chatting with you today. Thank you for the coffee and thanks for inviting me. Jason said it so well. The way to understand how to best help others is to just jump in and start helping others. Whether that's joining our incredible team and working with kids and families each day, getting involved in volunteering your time, or partnering with Wedgwood Financially, we'd love to chat more with you about how you can jump in and make a difference. Just send an email to hello at wedgwood.org and we can get you connected.
Wedgwood Christian Services is committed to extending God's love and providing exceptional care and support. Head on over to wedgwood.org. That's W-E-D-G-W-O-O-D.org to learn more about how you can get connected to services, support Wedgwood's mission, or join our team. Connect with us on social media at WedgwoodCS or send us an email at hello at wedgwood.org. We would love to be a part of your story. Until next time, these are Wedgwood's Coffee Break Conversations.